Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, bearded legend, the tabloid inferno, Mr. Paul Levy. <laughs> tabloid inferno, come on now. <laughs> um, why can't we just have a quiet week? Why is a normal week for us hectic, chaotic, and dramatic? Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 92, but before we crack on with all the news from the past week, We'd just like to thank everyone who's listened to our Jay Simpson interview last Monday. I last checked the statistics at lunchtime today and 2,600 people had downloaded or streamed or listened to his interview with us, which is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So thank you to everybody who has listened. Also, we had 1,210 listens to episode 91, which is a bit of a record as far as we're concerned because our usual weekly listens are roughly about half of that. Which is still great. Um, so thank you to everybody. We, uh, obviously, we don't do this for the glory, but it is very rewarding to know that this is reaching the Orient community both far and wide. So, um, yeah, we're also in the sun today. I don't know what page it is, but someone's picked up on our interview <laughs> yeah. in the sun. Yeah, don't know how that's happened, but I, I guess think... just by searching the hashtag LOFC. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. This guy who put it in the paper didn't. Uh request anything it was just in the paper so when you all saw it on Twitter we saw it which was a nice surprise to our Monday morning yeah absolutely so let's crack on so thank you again to everybody who's listened and and for all your feedback and everything we genuinely appreciate it Um, but you know as always we start our weeks off with our friends over at the supporters club yep so two trips to tell you about as normal so the coaches are running to Plymouth on Tuesday the 14th of February which is Valentine's Day so easy to remember Coaches will leave at 1pm for a 7.45 kickoff and will cost £30 and £27 for concessions. There's a £3 surcharge to non-members. Coaches are running to Newport also on Saturday, the 4th of March, which looks like it will be an absolutely massive game. Coaches will leave Brisbane Road at half eight for the 3 o'clock kickoff and £27 cost with £24 for concessions. So you can book at the Supporters Club on match days or by calling the travel line on 07722. One three five nine seven zero. So two big trips there at different uh, ends of the table, but both vital uh, yeah. in our season. All massive points for us that we desperately, desperately need. Now, um, Leighton Orient Trust have given us an update. Uh, it says thanks to Nicky Hunt and Sammy Moore for attending Change for Life event held at the stadium on Tuesday. Over one hundred and seventy local school children participated in the Healthy Living event in cooperation with Waltham Forest Council. NELFT and organically um, spelt O R G A N I C L E A, and the players helped by answering questions on their diets and exercise regimes, as well as who was the, their toughest opponent. Another chance for Sammy to tell the Stephen Gerrard story. Apparently, he's still in his pocket. Ha ha ha. Like it, like it. I haven't it. heard that one. It must be from when Wimbledon <laughs> played Liverpool in the FA Cup a couple ah, okay. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought, but well, uh, we'll an interesting it. one, and we'll have to obviously get Sammy to tell us about that when he's next on the podcast. Absolutely, so. you know. Also, Howard says looking for something to keep the kids busy in February half term week. Leighton Orient Trust are hosting a Theo's Soccer Skills Holiday Course on Thursday, the sixteenth of February, and Friday, the seventeenth of February, at the Score Centre, Leighton, opposite the club, from ten to three pm for five to thirteen year olds. The course focuses on skill development, competitions and small-sided games in a relaxed and fun format. All staff are fully qualified and DBS-covered coaches with the trust. Participants will receive a couple of tickets to the Notts County match on Saturday 18th of February and an opportunity to meet 
Theo the mascot. So again, great work there in the kids uh, in half term. Yep, the club will also be running another of its successful stadium tours on Friday the 17th of February at 11am. Spaces are limited and for more details or to book, please contact Steve Dixon at s.dixon, D-I-X-O-N, at leightonorient.net. Oh, I haven't seen it advertised anywhere, so I will take that as an Orient's Outlook exclusive this evening. So, <laughs> dropping bombs everywhere. Right? Absolutely. Exclusive bombs. Absolutely. So, next to tell you about is the next Loft meeting. So, the Leighton Orient Fans Trust will be holding a special general meeting for members on Thursday, the 2nd of March at 7.45pm at the Leightonstone and District Ex-Servicemen's Club, which is on Harvey Road in Leightonstone. And I think you said it is just off the high road before it is, we spoke. It's very easy to get to. The meeting is primarily to present a full update on the Trust's recovery plan, work and for members to vote on a possible fighting fund to be introduced. Yeah, that's interesting there. So... That would be interesting what they say. A full statement with two resolutions to vote on will be sent to members via email and post within the next week. And the board are currently researching if the meeting can be streamed online for members not able to attend. So obviously we was at the last one, which was at the Birkbeck. It was very, very busy there. Uh, and it looks like this time they've got a much bigger place for it and they're looking to stream it, which would be very interesting. Yep. Uh, the board are currently researching if the, um, if the meeting can be streamed online, as we've just said. New members are very much welcome and you can join in one of several ways. You can do it online, www.leightonorientfanstrust.com. You can do it in person at home games by seeing recruitment board member Matt Roper outside the club shop on Oliver Road. If you want to do it by post, you can do it by post. The address is on the website. Um, or you can come to the meeting and join on the night. Yep, so membership remains at a minimum of £1 and up to and including Friday 27th of January. The Trust had 634 members, which is just 116 short of the next target to achieve, which is 750 members. So if any supporters, whether members or not, have any comments, questions or ideas and they can speak to any of the board members at games, or by emailing each board member privately through the website or on the general email address, which is Trust at gmail.com. Yeah, we also had a number of emails um, following our episode 91 show. Uh, firstly, uh, from uh, an email that's titled McCallum, it's been a weakness of successive Orient teams in recent years of not having a dominating aerial centre forward who can aggressively attack crosses. Lisby was good in the air, but not a beast. Henderson tried to fulfil that role. McCallum has potential to be a formidable scorer, given the right service. It is a disappointment that we never saw a fluid team with Cox picking out Paul consistently. No forward is going to shine in a team struggling to create, but that doesn't mean they haven't got something to offer. Give Paul your backing and let's hope team confidence and passion can return and power us up this league. Yeah. So thanks very much to um, the anonymous sender there. Yeah, so we also had an email from Glenn Bevan who said, Hi lads, just thought I'd drop you a quick line. That statement last week was scary. The only thing I can liken our situation to is something like the Apprentice Junior. <coughs> if you put a dozen ten-year-olds in charge of a football club, you'd expect a statement like that. Nationality has nothing to do with it. These people are totally incompetent. It's clear to me where this will end up, whether it's this year or five years down the road. Bichetti will eventually pull the plug. There's no one anywhere in the land is going to take on debts of 10 million plus. I've said it to you guys before, but what we must not forget is that we are Orient. It's not Brisbane Road. It's not the colour, red, or the name Leighton. It's us. You guys on your podcast are an absolute shining example of what is good about Orient. Whether we are in the fifth tier or tenth tier in five years' time, we will still exist because we will still be here. 
our parents gave us their Orient memories, we give ours to our children. No one can take away those memories and those stories. We are Orient. I tell you what though, it'd be nice to have one more story, wouldn't it? Up the O's. Uh, P.S. just realised this wasn't a quick line <laughs> so thank you for your email Glenn that was a lovely email actually it was yeah. nice I read it out loud that was quite nice yeah it was really nice actually so thanks very much indeed uh, Monday the 23rd of January so last Monday is a quiet day at the club for a change but a big night for us as we welcome Jay Simpson into Orient Outlook Podcast Towers for an interview to put the record straight and give Jay the chance to give his side of his story following the statement from the club Jay was genuinely a top guy, very open and very honest. It was really genuinely a pleasure to have him in. Uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, shameless plug coming up. You can listen to his interview on iTunes or you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash orient hyphen outlook. And he will be there. He was a lovely guy, very down to earth, like you said. Uh, I had just really easy to talk to. The one negative, though, of the evening was that I forgot to bring my top down from last season that I wanted him to sign obviously being the, the top goal scorer last season uh, so I was gutted but I'm sure we'll bump into Jay again in the not too distant future when he's here on his holly box yeah. or something okay um, I, I actually thought that he he would have a, a level of arrogance about him that I wouldn't want to but he didn't have any of that completely humble completely yeah. genuine really nice thanked us for allowing him to come into obviously essentially your home um yeah, 100% spot on bloke. And I think it was testament, really that, nice bloke. testament that he came at about 8 o'clock. We didn't even start recording until about 8.45. And we had a brilliant chat. Yeah, I mean, again, the podcast finished at 10.45. Well, we stopped recording about 10.45 and he didn't leave till about half 11. Just chatting. Just chatting, just, just chatting just general nice stuff. Guy, yeah. Just genuine, nice, down-to-earth bloke. And it is so refreshing because you have this perception of footballers. And we, we, we've had quite a few ex-Orient players on now. And we started off with Matt Lockwood and we've gone all the way through the... The gamut, you know, Kev Lisby played in the Premier League. There's no showmanship about yeah, any of these people. Absolutely. They are genuine, down-to-earth, ordinary blokes that live in ordinary houses with ordinary problems. You know, it, it's brilliant. Absolutely, can't speak highly enough of Jay and everybody else that we've had on the podcast. Yeah. Really, yeah. So Tuesday, twenty-fourth of January, Andy Edwards reveals to George Sessions that Michael Collins is close to signing a permanent deal at Orient. He went on to say, "I believe a deal to extend Michael's contract is very close to being done. <laughs> that is what I've been told." Fingers crossed it gets over the line because he's a very important player and a great character to have right now. He's really good to have alongside the younger players and a lot has been spoken about them. But the senior members are the ones who will lead us away from the bottom and guide the youngsters. So good little quote there from Michael. Yeah, absolutely. At 8 o'clock, Jay Simpson's interview is launched and it was record amount of listens for any interview we've ever done. So thanks very much to everybody who's listened and for your feedback and comments as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, and in Wednesday 25th of January and Thursday 26th of January, don't know what was going on, but it was two very quiet days down at Brisbane Road. Nothing to report, which leads us nicely to Friday 27th. It was the calm January. before the storm. It was. Wednesday and Thursday. It calm was. before the storm. It was. News broke quite early that Richard Thomas had left his role as the head of the academy. Now, the rumours started to say that he'd been sacked and he was pushed out and all the rest yeah. of it. But we can confirm that he left of his own accord. Uh, we weren't. We got told quite early on that he he was leaving to go as 
Kevin Nolan's yep. number two at Notts County, but obviously we wanted to make sure that that was actually going to happen. So uh, Notts County confirmed it at six o'clock that evening, which is a bit of an unusual time to announce it. But we wish Richard all the very best of luck and thanks for everything you've done in nurturing the next generation of talent at Leighton Orient Football Club. So um, good luck to you, except when we play you in February. Um, <laughs> and yeah, thanks for everything. Yeah, so the club also announced that the Morecambe game, which was postponed Saturday 21st of January, will now be played on Tuesday the 7th of February uh, and then TFL promptly announced there will be a tube strike on that date so uh, I bet they were nothing I bet they were just watching the hashtag LOFC (laughs) so that's next Tuesday 7.45 kickoff wrap up warm because it'll probably be a cold one it will be in the evening the club, this is still Friday. The club announced that Michael Collins has agreed a new contract until the end of the season. Collins told LeightonOrient.com there was one or two alternative options that came up, but having been here now for three months and got a feel for the place, I'm happy to be staying. I'll come back to that in a second. I love a challenge, and there are a lot of people on the outside writing us off and pointing a finger at the club, but that doesn't really matter to me. As professionals, we have to concentrate on ourselves, and I think that we've got enough bodies within the group who have that mentality. People can write us off, but that did not affect my decision. And having sat down with my family to discuss the options that were on the table, I decided that right now I want to take advantage of this challenge and help the club pull away from where it is. Now, I'm not sure if, and I don't really want to dwell on this for too long, um, people on the outside writing us off. I hope he's not having a dig at at us or any of the stuff that we've put out. No, I don't think so. I don't think he listens, mate. And also um, him saying about alternatives, but I've got a feel for the place. I'm happy to be staying. Like if I was him, I'd have gone. I guess it depends how much money you're being offered. I don't know what the other what the other options were. were. We heard there was something that concrete from Malaysia, but I don't know if he would have been getting. I don't know about that. I don't know how how good the money would be out there. So your your thoughts on Collins? Delighted that he's staying. Really relieved that he's signed. I think he's done very well for us. My question is, as I mentioned earlier, what you know, why does he want to stay in the madhouse if he had other offers? But like yeah. you say, if he's not um, not had as much money and he just sticks it out for another six months, yeah, what's well, only the end of the season, isn't exactly. it? So I guess he can kind of go on from there, can't he? For me, yeah, I think Collins has done well. I don't think he's been outstanding, but I think he's done well, and it's another body yeah, no in the has. squad and another competition for places. Um, and yeah, I think everybody will be happy with this. We got quite a few tweets in after he signed. We just picked two. Um, to talk about so firstly from at LOFC1978 who says hats off to Collins especially with other offers on the table exactly the sort of attitude we need yeah Kevin Cowlin said delighted hats off to him would have been easy to walk away shows real courage and that he's up for the fight and that for me sums up everything up so fair play Michael Collins potential yeah. favourite new player for me yeah which is really fickle of me but it is very fickle of me because Nigel Atangana is my man but I like, I like the attitude. So, moving on to Saturday, 28th of January. The under-18s lost 1-0 against Luton in their first match without Richard Thompson. So, I think it's Thomas. only the second... Sorry, Thomas. Only the uh, second defeat Thief. of the season. Yeah. And Luton aren't... Luton have got a good little set-up there. So, even on paper, you're probably thinking, oh, Richard's gone and they've already lost. That's, that, was, that was quite a hard game anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Um, Moving on to the afternoon, the senior team played Mansfield away. And joining us now, live on the phone, is the probably semi-retired now, Orient chauffeur Cliff, who actually went to the game. Cliff, welcome aboard, mate. How are you? I'm good, guys. And yourself? All good, thank you, buddy. All good. Good, good. So, the team lined up with Chisak in goal, Hunt, Mezegay, Parks and Kennedy. 
with the defence. Massey, Moore, Collins and Semedo with the midfield with McCallum and Dolby up front. Sergeant, Clark, Judd, Atangana, Moncur, Adebayejo uh, and Palmer were on the bench. Cliff, your initial thoughts on that on that lineup when you saw it? Well, for, um, me personally, I think that's sort of like our strongest starting eleven. Maybe Palmer up front instead of Dolby, but I think that is basically our strongest team, our starting eleven. Cool. Um, especially with the form that Nidal's been in recent weeks, I thought, yeah, you know what I mean, it was a positive um, side, you know what I mean, squad put out to play yeah. Mansfield. Yeah, I thought two central midfielders with two wings would be good. The bench is very young, though. Yeah, very um, young. Lacking experience, but I thought it was decent considering our lack of depth, and I think rather than get all complicated doing four one two threes and all the funky stuff, just keep it a flat four four two. I think it's probably safe, a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, I thought Edwards would go 4 2 three, one, so I was actually yeah, quite pleasantly surprised because four four two is more attacking. Um, decent look at him on paper. A few different options on the bench. Well done to Michael Clark, who made his um, bench debut, I believe. I don't think he's been there before. So good to see you. So again, loads of tweets come in. Just mention one or two that we've got at Vince Howard. Says the best we could put out, a good that everyone is available for selection. Yeah, Janine Edelman tweeted saying, Big up to see Robbie Weir in his crutches at Mansfield sitting in the crowd with us. Good sign, good to see Robbie Weir getting yeah. involved there with the crowd. So, match kicked off, fourth minute, Cliff almost went one down as Hunt's back pass uh, was a bit short to say the least. Um, Colt Hurst got there first, ball came out to Rose who poked it wide. Bit of a let off there, do you reckon? It was a bit, yeah, it was a bit, um, we were a bit lucky on that one, but. They, um, he sort of got scrambled away in the end, but it was an early opportunity for Mansfield. Um, they took really a scored with, but um, it was just a, another sort of like last pass back from by hand back to back to Cusack. Yeah. Mm. Okay, and then eight minutes later in the twelfth minute, Alex Cusack pulled off a pretty good save to push Benning's shot wide of the far post following a quick free kick. Did we switch off a bit there, Cliff? Well, we just seem to, um, they, were, they were putting the ball down a lot, down like like our white wing. So, the quick three kicks were definitely caught was out. And it was a good save by Kuzo at the end to put it out for a corner. Yeah, he does. He seems to do well then. And in the 28th minute, Benning played the ball through to Colt first in the area. Took a touch before dragging the shot worldwide. So, it seems like they were a bit, bit wasteful up front. Yeah, they were, I mean, they, they, they did have, like in the first half, a lot of opportunities. But didn't really sort of... Um, apart from the earlier time, sort of Kuzak under much pressure at the time. So he wasn't challenged that much, but it seems that they had quite a lot of the possession. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I mean uh, the facts sort of speak for themselves at half time. You know, I mean, they had 60% of the possession. But we seemed to give away a lot of free kicks as well that sort of broke up the play as well. What was the uh, feeling in the away end? So obviously you were there, I think there was about 280 away fans. What was the, what was the general atmosphere like during the first half? <laughs> We got away with that. Basically, we were lucky to be nil nil, considering the possession they they had. Um, like I said, there, there was sort of no atmosphere from the away fans at all. No sitting, no time, etc. But it was a positive in another way. That we winning nil nil, and you think, well, come out second half stronger and better, and sort of go and press on from there, looking for like for the goal. Yeah, so yeah. Half, as like you said, half-time went at 0-0. Um, it was interesting, actually. During half-time at 0-0, we got a few DMs and a few tweets saying, we're going to concede in the first 10 minutes here. It'll be typical. Um, and we'll come on to that in a minute. So attendance announced at 3,925. 
279 away fans, no changes for the O's uh, in the second half, so as it was, and then just three <laughs> minutes into the second half. Yeah, no sooner, and I was listening to this on Orient Player as well, so just three minutes into the second half, we conceded uh, a goal as Whiteman's shot spanked it straight into the top corner. That was a, I've, I've seen that two or three times now. No one really at fault for that, Cliff, in my view. No, I mean, the ball come over. It was uh, cleared by McCallum. He was sort of uh, in the middle of the area, and it was just cleared of their area. Cleared out like it was on the edge of the box, followed it in. You know, I mean, no, no time for Kisak, bam, 1 0. So, you couldn't, you couldn't really fault no one that, for that goal. So, yeah, you know, I, and it was a it was a good strike to be to be fair to their player. I guess it was just disappointing to go behind so early in the second half. But like you said, no one's fault for that. Decent defending ball came out to their man who just smacked it in. No chance for Chizak and and he smacked it through a crowded penalty box as well. So yeah, absolutely. You know, luck's on your side when you're doing all right, and when you're at the bottom, it's not on your side. So yeah, and a bit of a stat coming yeah. from Dave Victor, Matt Hiscox, who said we've conceded forty goals this season, and ten have come within the first five minutes second half so that's one quarter of all our goals being conceded between the 45th and 50th minute I mean that is a shocking stat that's an alarming that, that's stat that's crazy stat yeah so moving on in the 53rd minute Gavin Massey got shown a yellow card for a foul um, on the far side probably a bit unnecessary to give it away maybe a bit of frustration there Cliff. maybe yeah I mean um, I think it was, like, we, we gave too many free kicks away so Massey getting booked and like the other bookings in the game, it, 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 you knew they were coming because yeah. you can't can't continue with the foul, the opposition without yellow cards to come. Yeah, and in 53rd minute, almost two 0 It's called first volley came back off the post. I mean, that was a great effort. He hit he hit that sweetly. I mean, the only concern for me there was uh, mm-hmm. that came from our throwing. Nicky Hunt threw it. We lost the header. It was on header, and then two seconds later, they smacked the post. Cliff, do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just before the second goal. We sort of picked up the ball, looked up, took a shot. Kuzak was well beaten, yeah. and he's hit plumb square onto the post and come out. And we, lucky enough, he sort of come to one of our players and we cleared it. But um, we were we, we we were lucky not to go two 0 down down then. But a couple of minutes later, obviously the goal come. So yeah, I mean, we could have been three, we could have been three 0 down <laughs> within eight minutes of the start. He, the second half like you said the goal came Danny Rose made it 2-0 as he slid in at the back post after a decent, a decent cross into our box but got Chizak kind of in no man's land ball cross face of the goal Danny Rose 2-0 I thought that was a quite a poor goal to concede defensively I think Callum. Nicky Hunt might have been able to Callum. do better that was Callum what to cut it out mm, no to, to uh, who was marking the guy who slid in oh okay that, I, I thought that was Nicky Hunt okay what, what, what are your thoughts on that one Cliff well it was his total static marking if you, yeah. if you watch it he, he put the ball behind like the line of our defenders put it on Kuzi it's one of them ones that you come out for it don't you come out as a keeper and he just slid in at the back 2-0 uh, to us you know what I mean? Me, me, like, we just basically were ball watching letting that ball to come in we never closed that player down and it was just it was a good cross across cross our area to the far post and it was um, an easy goal in the end, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, well, I've seen players put them wide into and into the side netting at times as well. It was quite an acute angle. So again, when your luck's down, it goes, it really goes against you. But when you're in the ascendancy, you know things like that. 
you know, he could have hit the post, he could have hit the side netting, he could have just completely, he could have hit it against, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Callum Kennedy, because it was on that on our left side, but um, it's just one of those things, it's just sod's law, isn't it? It's just, if it can go against you, it will. Yeah, I mean, you could say that, but he was always going to win that ball. You know I mean, Kennedy was was um, always struggling to sort of clear the ball, and you knew their player was going to reach the ball and... The, the, you know, in two mm. seconds, no mm. man's land. You know, if he reached it, it was going to be a goal. So, fifty seventh minute, Palmer then came on to replace Sam Dorby. How did how did Dorby get on? Um, uh, it wasn't effective at all. Uh, we never we never put the ball out wide enough, especially to Matty. So he never really had the service. So it was very frustrating for himself as well as McCallum out front, not getting any kind of service whatsoever. Yeah, and McCallum obviously gets booked in the 63rd minute for catching Collins late, so maybe a bit of frustration there with Paul that couldn't get into the game. And it seems yeah. like Matt's went on to have a few more chances as the game went on. So we're, we're now coming up to like the 70th minute, Cliff, and I'm not really hearing of us having many chances, but, but Mansfield having a few and us just being a bit niggly, giving away fouls and, and whatnot. Right, have I... Got that right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. In the, in the in the second half, we just basically did nothing. Did nothing. We were just chasing the game, chasing the game. Um, obviously, when the first goal went in, our heads went down even more. Then the second one went in quickly afterwards. It was even. It was just. It was just like we were just playing the game out with no really idea of how to get back into the game. And tactically wise, we were just. In that, to be honest, okay. not using massive, not using massive on the rings. I mean, nothing. To be honest, it was just we were outplayed, outsmarted by a team like you said, were full of confidence. Yeah, to so we're the exact opposite. Seventy-six minute though, we almost got back into it. Samedo's cross headed over by McCullum. Was that a decent chance? No, not really. To be honest, if he got it on target, he would have done extremely well. Um, he put in a good ball, but. Um, McCallum was being challenged by one of their players. He sort of had his like his back more towards the back of the like towards the goal. So for him to get a header in and to get it on, he did well to get a header in. To be honest, but to be on target as well, he would have been. He, he would have done really nice well. To be honest, yeah, so, okay, okay. Uh, so it was a very difficult chance, but hence you know it's still a chance. Yeah, when you do get, when chances are so limited in a game, like I think Dave Victor said, you need to be taking them. But just four minutes later in the 80th minute, a yellow card comes out for Sammy Moore. And then in the 83rd minute, a good save from Alex Chisak as he got down quite low, well, he got down low to hold uh, Whiteman's shot as well. And that was a, that was quite a good save as well. Yeah, I mean, the, um, they, he did that save that, that I mean, that, that, uh, it was a Say by to Kuzak, who was, um, to be honest, very good during the game. And he had to be at his best, to be honest, to make it just 2 0 in the end. And a bit yeah. of a scary moment in the 89th minute as McCallum landed awkwardly uh, and went down, and, and massive concern as he gets stretched off of Victor Adebayejo. Um, thoughts on McCallum? Did, did it look like a bad one? Apparently, he yelled yeah. quite loudly. and it was. Yeah, he, the, the ball came up high. Like the high ball up to him, he was sort of, um, it was a yard out of the outside of the area, but in the D, like that centre of the goal, he's jumped up with the defender. So he's either landed awkwardly and done his ankle, or he's landed and the defender's then landed on him, and that's what's, and then, then, then he's 
hotel. Um, straight away, you, you knew he, he was in trouble. Even the man, one of the Mansfield players was calling on our physio straight away. Mm, um, he had like two minutes, two odd minutes of treatment. He, like they brought on a stretcher, you know, the plastic stretchers they have. Yeah. First of all, initially he was waved away, and then he tried standing up. He took two steps, and that was it. He was even finished, and hence carried off. Um, it did look pretty bad. But so hopefully, you know, I mean, the news is good on that end, so he'll yeah. be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I hope so. Um, three minutes um, of addition, in, three minutes into the five additional uh, injury time minutes, Kennedy, we get a free kick just outside the box, and um, Callum Kennedy comes close to, um, to well, he hits his, he hits the free kick into the wall, um, and then follows up with a shot that just sort of pinged the outside of the yeah. post and, and sort of comfortably. Went out, yeah, in the ninety seventh minute. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I mean, that free kick was the initial foul on McCallum. Oh yeah, so sorry, yeah. The, so that 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 was basically the last play of the game, and he hit hard at the ball. He comes back to him, he sort of scuffed it a little bit, and he had the keeper well beat, and it just went wide and covered the outside of the post, and that was probably our closest time to the whole game, ninety odd minutes in into the game of actually scoring. Yeah, and a bit more injury time was played. Green got the better of Mezzagain, scuffed his shot wide of the far post, and not long after that, the full-time whistle goes, 2-0 defeat, and our winless run in 2017 continues. So, yeah, yeah go on, Cliff. Yeah, yeah, it was just that, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the game was just played out, and then at the end, you know, there was a few boos from like um, the Orient fans, Um which, to be honest, after that performance, um, I wasn't surprised at. Yeah, OK. So then, Andy Edwards, after the match, had to say, we're looking up now and in the bottom two, which is more than a major concern. We haven't won enough, are conceding too many and haven't created enough chances. On goals after half-time, it's unexplainable. We have looked at it and the right things are said at half-time and the players say the right things at half-time. We have to focus and know what we're going to do with the ball, but we continue to concede, which is a difficult one to understand. It's psychological as much as anything. How'd you tap into that? What'd yeah. you say to that? He, uh, Dulcet Dave tweeted after the match, Andy explained that Parks and Kennedy are no longer on the transfer list, but Alex Chisak still is, but he couldn't say why, which to me is is, is really baffling. Very it's really, really one. baffling. Very strange one. Um, so the league table, that defeat meant we slipped down to 23rd and occupy one of the relegation spots for the first time this season as Notts County won and Cheltenham drew to leapfrog us. We are now uh, in a position where we've played 27 games. We've won seven, drawn four, lost 16. We've got a minus 13 goal difference and we sit with 25 points. Concerningly, Newport also won, which means if they win next week and we lose, I think we will be bottom. Yes. So, so we'll come on to next week's fixture in a, in bit, a bit because yeah, that fixture isn't looking good. So we'll come up to Cliff to give us his roundup. So Cliff... Um, you sent us quite a good email, which we haven't obviously referred to because you're on the line, but you made some good points about positives uh, from the performance and negatives from the performance. So can you remember what, what the positive? I think you had... Did you say there were any positives or you couldn't find any positives? Well, the, I think um, one of the positives was obviously Kuzak's uh, performance. Um, I think he's got a point of point, especially being put on the transfer list. Um, 2-0 sort of flattered us because it could have easily been 4-5-0. Um, Moore played quite well in the first half. He, he sort of picked up the ball a bit, but couldn't really create nothing. We did. He, like, it was. It's quite 
mouthful. It's a very small ground because they've only got three sides to, to the ground. So it's quite a small pitch. So it's very crowded in midfield. So it was quite effective in the first half, but not effective in the second. And the other positive was um, Liam Kelly was travelled out with the team and was on the pitch warming up um, before the before the match. So kicking the ball about a bit. Warming up, yeah. so I mean, that, that was good to see. That'll be like a new signing when he returns. I mean, we've we've missed him a lot since he's been absent from the team. We missed his score, goal scoring from centre mid, missed his link up play. It'd be interesting to see how soon he can get back in the team. Obviously, will he play with Collins? Will he play with Asangana? Will he play with more in the middle? Do we play three in the middle? I'm sure these are all questions that Danny, as we'll come on to a bit later, is thinking of. So you also in your email mentioned quite a few negatives. So do you want to give us give us your thoughts on the negative aspects of the game against Mansfield? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said earlier, we, we seem to have started with our, our, what I believe is our strongest side, uh, probably with, our, with the exception of Dolby starting instead of Palmer. Um, we, like, it was just like straight from the start, we, we, we just seemed to be down, not up for the game. We clearly were playing, we clearly got no confidence at all, um, absolute belief. Um, there was no togetherness as a team. Uh, no leadership. Um, there just seemed to be no pride in, in like playing for the club, you know, and, and professional pride. It was just like they were going through the mo- basically just going through the motions. We are um, a team at the moment of individuals and not a togetherness, and that clearly showed yesterday. Um, that's only on Saturday. Also, I know Andy Edwards is gone, and he sort of summed it up on Saturday when Andy Edwards just stood on the touchline for the whole 90 minutes with his arms crossed. There was no jeering up at the players, there was no waving, no shouting, no nothing. He just stood there with his arms crossed. Um, there were also, um, it was a bit strange with the Orient fans as well, because there was no singing, no chanting, no nothing which is the first time I've ever seen that at, like from the Orient fans. So that, that, that's a negative. So th- th- there are um, a lot of um, negatives purely and so. Like, it was just basically a perfected performance by the team and 2-0 was a flattering score in the end. Well, top man, thank you very much for coming on, Cliff, and for giving us your no, views. No, right. Where we can't get there, it's always good to know and hear from people that have actually been so appreciate you coming on mate and I'll speak to you soon okay speak to you soon guys thank Cheers, you Cliff. take care bye mate so that was Cliff reporting on the Mansfield game so if you go to away games and you want to come on the <coughs> podcast let us know and we'll get you on very soon to talk about an away game that we can't make it'd be great to hear from you so get in contact uh, with us on Twitter at Orient Outlook or via email at orientoutlook at outlook.com so those were Cliff's views so Mr Levy your views on Saturday yeah devastating loss really as Notts County win means we're 23rd conceding so soon into the second half has been a reoccurring theme this season it really needs dealing with whatever the answer is genuinely genuinely now concerned that we won't survive Um, I can't understand why Bichetti hasn't supported Andy with players and the transfer window closes Tuesday night it's really getting quite desperate now um, in Andy's post-match press conferences, he sounds dejected um, when he's saying he doesn't know why Alex hasn't come off the, arguably our best player this season, why Alex hasn't come off the transfer list um, and why Tom and, and, and Callum have, um, you know, just just 
I don't, I don't know what he's protecting or and why, but um, it, it just it's just all really really toxic and really sour behind the scenes there, and it's just there's only so much you can really take being an employee and being a fan of the club because we have to pay for this. Yeah, I mean for me it was a disappointing defeat. Again, sounds like we offered very little. Um, and the match playing out like so many others have done already this season. The first half, you know, stalemate, getting it nil nil. Think, oh, if we can get Nick a goal here or we'll Nick a one nil, but within ten minutes of the second half, you know, find ourselves behind, chasing the game, still offering very little going forward. The injury to McCallum was obviously a great concern, but doesn't seem too bad. Hopefully, yeah. so that's not too bad. <clears> but you know, if we lose Chizak in this transfer window. And no disrespect to the young keepers that we've got from Sam Sargent and Charlie Granger. I mean, that will be a massive, massive loss. And, you know, like you said, the fact he's still on that transfer list is just mental. But the senior players, you know, we do have senior players in this squad. And now is the time um, they have to step up and be counted. So loads of views. So obviously we've heard from Cliff. Got loads of emails in. So another email that we received was an email um, from, from Dennis Scott. Yep. Dennis says, that was a bad performance as I've ever seen from an Orient team. I fully understand how the toxic atmosphere at the club off the field must make it difficult to manage. But Edwards has had long enough now to make his mark and he has not. As far as the management of the club is concerned, another example surfaced yesterday when Edwards said Parks and Kennedy had been taken off the transfer list. Why is that, why is that now changed? Also, when Dave Victor asked about the transfer list, Edwards said he wasn't sure who was on the list. He said, I think. What sort of an answer is that? As for on-field tactics, Edwards is just not up for it, up to it. He is negative and unable to change tactics mid-games, mid-game or motivate the team. Let me give you evidence for making that statement. Yesterday, we had three kickoffs, one from the start of the game and the other two came after conceding goals. Exactly the same move was played out. McCallum takes the kickoff, back to Parks, who hoofs it out to our right nowhere near a red shirt, and straight out for a throw, level roughly with their penalty area. Once is a mistake, but to repeat it identically twice more is just unforgivable. Negativity is that Chisak was wasting time from the outset, leading to the impression that a nil-nil draw would be good. We conceded five corners. On every one, we had all 11 of our players back in the penalty area. If it was nil-nil with five minutes to go, that would be understandable. But when losing 2-0 and still employing the same tactics, still employing the same tactics shows no appetite for positivity at all. And he ends by saying, I really do despair after yesterday. So then thanks very much um, for that. And I think he went with Cliff. So yeah. all good. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, so we've got loads of tweets that we'll move on to now. Um, so firstly, from at Paul LTP2 says how many non-special teams have we been beaten by now? I think we're so low on other teams. I can't see any way out. That's something that you've said quite a few times on the podcast before, but pet teams not really playing at their best to beat us. They no, just nicking do what a they goal. have to do. Yeah. Nicking a goal. In the first two months of the season, people were nicking goals, cheap goals. Portsmouth, I remember nicking a cheap goal. Uh, I can't remember. Newport. Matt Mansfield at Newport. Yeah, yeah uh, they, they've all done it. Orient Boys says, five away defeats in a row, four defeats in a row. In 2017, no shots on target and little possession. No fight soon, no league status. Well, at SteveDF1, says have to keep supporting the team, but it's hard to see how we get out of the bottom two with this bare-bones squad. Yeah, at Richard J. Bourne tweeted saying, you may not have much of a team, but you can at least show some fight. How many of you are up for a relegation fight? Dot, 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 not many. At Daniel underscore Slaw, <laughs> says dreadful. Players have to start taking some responsibility for performances 
negative tactics from Edwards again. I mean, there was a few, we haven't included all our tweets that we got, but there's a few about uh, Edwards' negative tactics in the build-up to the game. Yep, absolutely. Um, at Wings Mad said, it would be much easier to stay up than come than come up. It would be a massive relegation. Andy must be allowed to strengthen. That was a great point there, actually. It was, at yeah. David Medjic said, another depressing journey home. Didn't have any proper chance until the 90th minute. 279 fans spending good money for what? At only one team said, the fact no players are coming in and injuries on top is going to impact too much. Every game is a cup final now. At Bill Fleet, he said, it's terrible, the current situation. FB isn't the best owner, but week after week, it's the players who are letting the O's fans down. David D. David Yu said, four out of the next six games are at home. Win the home games and it will look a lot better, dot, dot, dot. And in big capital letters, stop laughing, everyone. Yeah, interesting point. Yeah. At home from has been better uh, in the last couple of weeks. We'll see on that one. At David TH64301889 said, We are that bad. Their centre-half had two bobs and twice went for a shot and we still couldn't score. Yeah. So that was in relation to their centre-half running off the pitch twice to go and take a dump. And uh, Was it? Going on? Yeah. I never heard about that. No. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll come back to that after. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, Paul's lost it, so I'll carry on. At no, Nils- it's fine, it's fine, but that's brilliant. No, I had no idea. Yeah. That, that's the first I've heard of it. Shows you how on, uh, on the button I am. Alex Chizak is the most consistent performer over the last two seasons. Perhaps he spoke out a turn. Can't be listed for football reasons. Yeah, great point. That's a very, 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 very good point. At Les underscore Brister. So the poor performance from today from the O's. Stayed in it in the first half, but another slow start to the second half. 2-0 down and out of it. No fight, no cohesion, no plan, no hope. Regretting uh, looking increasingly like a team bound for relegation. Who can we beat? Question mark. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a really good question. At Ian K. Richardson yesterday... Uh, said yesterday as bad as it got following LOFC now just down to heart and I don't think we've got any left yeah and we got a, a very late message from John Macker so I hope you had a nice holiday John in Lapland who says evening fellas just want to send a quick message as I wasn't at the game on Saturday I'm gutted that in the space of a week we have lost two great men in Andy Edwards and Richard Thomas and along with the comments from Jay Simpson last week in your fantastic interview you have to wonder who actually wants to be at the club after the ridiculous statement from the club, I sensed a change in attitude from fans on social media. It seemed to galvanise everyone. There was a much more positive attitude. Unfortunately, the game versus Morgan was postponed. We now have two massive home games in the next week. Us, the fans, need to build that positive attitude again, ready for these two games, because as Jay said, morale was on the floor, and it is us, the fans, that must get behind the team and make an atmosphere just like the Plymouth game. We showed that night that when players and fans unite, we become a different proposition. We've just forgotten what that's like. We're not down yet, and then it's time to turn it around up the O's. So yeah. thank you to John Top for that message, John. and thanks to all the tweets we received after the Mansfield game. Yeah, prediction league update now, so we move on. At Harlow Orion, at The Authentic Gaz, at O's Fan Basing, at LOFC1978. Well done to you guys who predicted a 2-0 loss. So the... Uh, way it looks now at Nino Barone twenty seven is top at Joe underscore Pavet is second at O's fan basing moves up to third and at MP Allen triple two slips down to fourth full table up on our Facebook page so search Facebook or an Outlook podcast and you will see us uh, there so have a look at the table yeah and the fact it's football league update no update because there's no Premiership but there's two round of matches this week I believe there's midweek and Saturday so tomorrow could uh, all Wednesday yeah, yeah. could all change in the fantasy football league so Sunday 29th of January nothing happened and the podcast will end here yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, Sunday the 29th, uh, we did a couple of polls. Um, the first one we asked, do you think Leighton Orient will be relegated? Yeah. Um, the results were 263 votes were cast, 82% of you saying yes, we would be relegated. Just 18% said no. I was quite surprised by that. I yeah, me too. More, I thought it would be like 65-35, but massive numbers um, for yes. And we also asked... This was on Sunday morning. Uh, if Andy Edwards was the right choice for manager, following some criticism regarding tactics, so obviously following the Mansfield game, first time I think Edwards has been heavily criticised for his tactics yeah. and for being a bit lacklustre on the touchline. Like Cliff said, his arms were folded; he wasn't shouting instructions. Uh, so we had two hundred and thirty-three votes for that. Sixty-one percent of you said yes, but thirty-nine percent no. And I thought that would be—I don't think it'd be that close. I thought it would be much more in Andy's favour. But a very interesting Twitter poll there. So thanks to everyone who voted as part of the, uh, the Twitter poll. Yep. Now, I was out yesterday with, with friends. I didn't have particularly great signal. Um, so my phone was, was in my pocket and I think you were out and about as well. Yep. So we weren't expecting anything to happen. No, we hadn't nothing, heard of anything. Nothing. And then around, around two o'clock, the club suddenly announced that Andy Edwards had resigned as manager. And part of... Andy's goodbye statement reads, and and surprising that he was allowed to give such a statement, yeah. considering Dean Cox didn't didn't get anything, and they're not particularly favourable in giving yeah. write ups to people that, that that have been with the club a while. It says it is with great it is with regret that I have made the decision to stand down as manager of Leighton Orient Football Club. It has been a very difficult decision, but I feel that it is in the best interest of my career and my family. I have been offered and duly accepted a role working within the coaching department of the Football Association. He goes on to thank people and wish the club success for the future. So yeah, so as soon as shock, we were kind of getting over that one, and we'll come on to our views and your <coughs> views on that uh, in a yeah. little bit. But so, but around three thirty, the club swiftly announced that Andy's assistant, Danny Webb, has been appointed manager until the end of the season. So the club wasted no time in appointing thirty-three-year-old Danny Webb. So for the first time, I think in our lives, so we're older. Than the, the late on manager. How old do you feel now? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so um, I think Andy's resignation for me caught the club a little bit by surprise. Um, either that, or they just hadn't really planned it because, you know, they appointed Danny like an hour and a half later. So I don't know if it's either bad planning or it was a bit of out of the blue, and Andy had sort of kept it under his hat for quite some time. I I, I honestly don't know, but you know you have to sort of ask yourself what manager with any pre- pedigree and reputation would really want to come to this shambles of a club. You know they've got the transfer window open till Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. No one's allowed to come in, um, but people are allowed to leave the club. We freed up a fair few quid on the wage bill by you know releasing players. Yeah. Um, but, you know, good luck to Danny. He's going to need it. Tough first job for him. Um, from what I understand, he's a very strong character, very strong-minded. It's going to carry him well to be like that, to know what he wants and to demand uh, of the players. Hopefully he'll be, you know, animated and won't be standing there very passively on the t- on the sidelines. Um, obviously, tough first job, but, you know, he'll be a hero if he keeps us up. Absolutely, yeah. For me, you know, disappointing to lose Andy. I think he was only in charge for nine games. Yeah, it's permanent. Um but a great opportunity um, for him. So, you know, all we can do is wish him well. You know, he obviously leaves on good terms, like you put out the statement that you've just read. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, does this explain why nobody came in? You know, why he couldn't have been players in? Is this move, for me, like you said, you think it happened quickly? I don't. I don't think you just apply for a job at the FA and get it. I think it would have been a process. Oh, well, that, I, like I agree gone. with that. And I, I, and I, I think, to, could this explain why? It probably doesn't. Uh, but could it could it add more to the story about you know at FB going well I'm not going to bring your players to the club because you can't 100% guarantee me that you're not 
going to be here. Maybe. It's just a theory there that I don't go. know. That's, that's, that's a really good point. And also, it's a quick, the swiftness of Danny's appointment to me makes it seem like they, they had a contingency plan if Andy was going, uh, which is why I think him, this must have been planned. Um, but right. logistically, you know, Danny's web appointment makes sense, knows the club, knows the players, knows the situation, you know, and they know him. Be interesting to see who Danny brings in as his number two. I've seen <coughs> a few uh, calls just... for a former friend of the show, well, not former friend of the show, friend of the podcast, Errol McKellar. Could they all come in as number two? That would be incredible if it could. That or does it go with someone with bags of experience? I think a few people mentioned Danny Webb's dad, who obviously used to be a manager in his own right. So it would be interesting to see who Danny sticks in because Danny is the last one. Like left. You know. Yeah, he kind oh, of is. It would have been Richard Thomas. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. You know, coming in to assist Danny, but Richard Thomas isn't here anymore. You know, I did see FB take a lot of stick over this one um, for Andy leaving, but... You know, I don't think you can pin this on FB as much yeah. as what we can pin on FB. I don't think you can pin this one on FB, but as always, well, we wish Danny all the luck in the world, and we'll support him. You know, with the tweet we put out last night, had a lot of a, uh, a lot of action on it, and you know, yeah. great to see, and everyone is backing Danny as much as they can. I will say it probably has a lot to do with Francesco Bacchetti, Vito, and and Rob in the sense that they've made. Oh, uh, just playing devil's advocate here that they've made his job almost untenable for him uh, they have because they, can't, they won't give him any players uh, but that's probably because he's told them well I don't know would Andy tell them I'm looking for another I don't job? know but you've got to think there, you, you would know, do, Andy, would Andy, you? Andy's gone to work with the FA you know in two three years if Andy keeps progressing he'll be coaching the England under 21 setup. you know and as good as as much as we love Leighton Orient that's a great job offer without knowing too much specifically what Andy's going into I thought I feel that he would have gone regardless of whether he or a more stable club. I think the opportunity was too good to turn down. Hopefully one day soon we'll get Andy on the podcast and we can ask him about it. Yeah. Speak to him. It'd be great to, great to get that done. I think I read it's regional. They're, the way that the FA have set up at St George's Park is that they're doing it sort of regionally. So I think he's going to be in charge of a region and coaching, oh, okay. coaching players in this new setup that they've got because obviously we've been rubbish at World Cups and Euros. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So the, we so, have. The, so the FA have sort of torn up all the old books and written a whole new one and I think he's forming part of a reasonably new team yeah so there so loads those are our views. views yeah loads yeah. of your views coming so again apologies if we can't mention all your views we've got so many in and we're going to try and keep this podcast at an hour so let's see how we get on yeah so firstly from at Josh underscore Landy who says January 29th late in Orient FC have had now more have sorry have now had more managers four than home wins three this season Club is becoming unrecognisable. I mean, that's just a crazy stat, isn't it? Unbelievable. Uncle underscore Paulie underscore 82. God help him. Good luck, Danny. You're going to need it. At Lee Kinsley too. Says, come on, Danny. Rally the lads and let's play some football with heart and passion. And I mean, that's what we want to see. 100%. Like I've said all along, can take losing the game as long as you try hard and and just unlucky. I am Jay Snelling said, it's down to the players now. Everyone has to put in 100% until the end of the season. Blood, sweat and hopefully no tears. Yeah, Boats, he says, big job for Danny, but can only hope he can get us out of it. Magnus Pugner tweeted saying, looks like things won't change soon, so let's get right behind them every game. Hashtag Danny Webb's Red and White Army. Who knows? Yeah, at Philip Tissinto says, let's forget about protesting and get behind him and the team. Jay Pittle tweeted saying, could Danny Webb be the new Eddie Howe? Could Orient be the next Bournemouth? Question mark. No yeah. chance. Yeah. I will say though, Exeter was were where we were. They yeah. went on a ten game run, and look, they're they're pushing for playoffs now. Obviously, that's not going to happen yeah. to us, but it can happen. Of course, it can. At Alan AVM fifteen oh two says, if Danny saves us, 
I think he will be the biggest hero the club's ever had. Hopefully, get some energy into the team. Yeah, top notch tweet. No, Danny's young, but you've got all these young managers coming through at the moment. Obviously, Eddie Howe's been mentioned. You've got Carl Robinson. Carl Robinson's only mid 30s. Yeah, you've got people like, what's his name? The guy at Bristol City, Lee Johnson's coming up. So, you know, there could be some kind of point in these young guys who are coming through. Yeah, exactly. Uh, At M0PHO, no disrespect to Danny, but I feel this is the last nail in the coffin, fellow FC. Don't know where we go from here. At Brownie1956 says, I have known Danny for a long time. Under an experienced manager, he will develop. But this is the kiss of death for him and the club. At Barry Mittelman, the swiftness of Webb's appointment suggests the club were aware of the Edwards situation for a while. Yeah, I would agree there with Barry. At Gary Talbot 7 says, it had to be Danny with the state we were in. Hopefully everyone pulls together and we get the six wins to stay up. Caroline Bit 13B, very best of luck to Danny. Not the first time we've said this, but here we go again. So let's support and back him to save us. And the final word goes to JWLRH, who says, at least Orion are sacking managers before the At Orion Outlook podcast have recorded. Hashtag progress. Yeah. Great tweet there. So good to Brilliant see. Brilliant tweet. Good to see it all happen on Sunday, not Monday <laughs> after the podcast comes Imagine. out. So thanks again for all your tweets. You know, they were all tweets to At Orion Outlook and there's loads, there's just as many that we couldn't mention as what we have. So thanks again for all the tweets that we got from you Abs- over the weekend. Absolutely. Uh, the women's team were back in action on Sunday as well. They drew three all with Crawley due to two late Crawley goals. So they were three run up but yeah. conceded late. Yeah. So never mind, it's still, still doing well, the ladies. Yeah, still top of the league. Still going to have mile. to get down there. Absolutely, yeah. So Monday 30th of January, which is today, uh, Paul McCullum puts up a cryptic tweet suggesting his injury doesn't seem to be as bad as he first feared, and we all did. So fingers crossed, and we wish Paul well, and hopefully he'll be back on that pitch sooner rather than later. Yeah, George Session confirmed that Liam Kelly, remember him? Yeah. Yep, our midfielder who got injured back in October is due to start training at some point this week. That's massive news, and we can't wait to see Liam back in an OSHA. I think he was due to be back training last week, but because the training ground pitches oh, were frosted okay. over and they Good went point. to train on yeah, 3G yeah. pitches, oh, okay. the medical team, apparently Andy said that wasn't Good they point. didn't want him running on hard surfaces. Good point. So that is a weekly roundup done. So moving on to the positives and negatives. So we have actually found three positives. Amazing. Yeah. So firstly, Pulled good appointment out. of Danny Webb. You know, we wouldn't want to be managerless. So great that we've appointed Danny Webb so quickly. Second, Callum Kennedy and Tom Park staying. You know, it's two experienced players who we need at the club. You know, players have been very short on supply. So good to see them staying. And thirdly, we just mentioned it, Liam Kelly. He looks like he'll be back soon. And again, you know, massive so yeah there are positives albeit only many. three but yeah. negatives Andy Edwards leaving uh, yeah. we've slipped to 23rd other teams around us are all picking up points and obviously making numerous signings they are, yeah. uh, looks like Alex Chisak is on his way out the club uh, we've obviously lost Richard Thomas and, and obviously Paul McCallum's injuries so quite a number of severe negatives unfortunately there this week but we do have a hero of the week we this do, week and we're very pleased to be able to announce this it's a good day, mate. Well done, Alex Chizak. Oh, Cusack. <laughs> so well done, Alex Chizak, for uh, being a hero of the week. And hopefully Alex will still be at the club by the After time we Tuesday. do the next podcast. So obviously he's still on the transfer list. Um, and all we can do is hope uh, that he stays. So next week's fixtures. Just the one fixture next week as we entertain high-flying Carlisle on Saturday, 4th of February. So Carlisle... Bit of a surprise package uh, this yeah, season. Yeah, I agree. Currently third in the league after drawing one with Barn on Saturday. So it'll be a very tough match. Obviously, we welcome Jabbo back. Sean Brisley returns. Remember Sean Brisley from I last do. season? Is that where he's on? Yeah, but also their star player, Charlie, it's either Charlie or Peter White, is a forward and he's been linked with Bradford. So hopefully they'll sell him. White. 
Is it white? So yes, because it is, yes. Hopefully they'll sell him, if not already, hopefully they'll sell him by this time tomorrow. Yeah. So fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. Also, the transfer window closes at 11 o'clock Tuesday night. And this is obviously the last time this season that we can strengthen the team with players who are contracted with other clubs. So obviously loan signings won't be permissible outside of the window. So we can, of course, sign... Uh, out of contract players, players that have been released uh, within the appropriate time frame, uh, a la not Dean Cox, obviously, that, <laughs> that sort of situation wouldn't be permissible, but it's very desperate now. We're a threadbare squad. Um, we, we, you know, we, we have to make signings for reinforcement and, and for morale, really. Yeah, so that's it. So I think we've done it, Paul. I think we've got, we're going to get this in under an hour. Sub an hour. Great work, Amazing. So thanks for joining us for episode 92. So we say this every week, but yet again, it's been another crazy week. One with another managerial change. So for us personally, you know, we've had a record number of listens uh, this week from episode 91, Jay Simpson combined. So again, thanks to everyone who has listened to the podcast and continues to do so. On the pitch, another lackluster display and another defeat which now plunged us in to the bottom two. So Andy Edwards leaving to take role of the FA and Danny Webb getting promoted into the manager's role. Hopefully that'll be the last manager changeover in a while but we're worrying these days you just never know dear so we're going to be back next week all being well with episode number 93 we will have all the information views and news that you will ever need so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast of the O's.